Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, may I have your attention, please? Are you ready to engage in a mind-blowing experience and hear talks about life, technology, entertainment, and business? The next episode of Hip to Talks starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Hello everyone, welcome to Hypto Talks. This is Jasper and uh, today I have something different for you, something special. Uh, I have the privilege to welcome here in the office actually, uh, Adorian. Hello Adorian, thank you for uh, being here. And uh, this will be something, as I said, something different. We won't be talking about um, industry related things, we will be discussing something let's say, about life experience, about life itself and the experiences of Adorian. But before we jump into the more serious discussion, Adorian, welcome again and please introduce yourself. Nice to meet you, Jasper. Uh, thank you for inviting me here and giving me the opportunity to, um, to talk about my experience from Nepal. So my name is Ad Adorian Krivasik. I currently live in the, in the Netherlands. I'm a student. Um, I study creative technology, so also in from your industry. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna talk about my experience in Nepal from the last four months because uh, that's where I spent my time. Okay, so how how did you end up in Nepal? What what brought you there? Um, I signed up to a university program called Crossing Borders, where uh, students. Uh, can choose an non-profit organization or company to go to in any country, basically, and uh, do some research. So uh, I chose Nepal because um, it's a developing country and uh, I've been always fascinated by the Asian culture and I always wanted to go to Nepal for some reason. So I chose um, a research topic which was about uh, student engagement levels and how can those be improved in local schools in rural er areas of Nepal. And uh, they accepted me and I went there. Okay, so what, what motivated you to participate in such a, such a program? Did you know what it was about beforehand? Did you have an idea? Not really. So um, I have to start from the beginning a bit, like a bit further back. So basically I chose this crossing borders program for my university, but I applied to a volunteering program uh, where I was living in a monastery and uh, teaching English in the monastery and in the local school as well. So my main, th my main thing to do was uh, teaching English, but mostly in the monastery. So I chose the monastery because uh, I really wanted to know the culture more. I really wanted to learn about Buddhism and the way they think and the way they live. And I, and I really wanted to integrate into their life and do what they do, eat what they eat, go where they go, every, like basically everything. And my main reason was that I really wanted to help people. Like since I was small, uh, I've always uh, felt happy when I could help someone. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity 
to, to put together my passion with the, with the university project and also develop myself personally on a more personal level. So I, I suppose you had somewhat of a faint idea, uh, um, something you imagined you you would do there. Yes. Was it was it different? Was it was it a surprise when when you actually got there, or was it similar to what you imagined? Yeah. To be honest, to be honest, the idea was really faint. I didn't do much research. I didn't look at images of the country, or I didn't look at like I didn't do much research from the country because I wanted to be um, a genuine shock for me and even though I had some expectations they were totally wrong so I just the, the first week was was a complete shock like I was um, I was scared I was afraid I was angry I was frustrated it was really hard because this was my first time outside of the European culture, we know. And everything is different, was different. Nothing is like here. <laughs> so even though I had some expectations based on what I know or what I knew, they were wrong. <laughs> so everything was new. <laughs> okay, so, so you were teaching English there. Um, Give us a few examples. What 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 was it that surprised you? What was it that that shocked you? Mm. What was different? How how can we imagine teaching English there? Well, first things first. I've never taught anything, ever, not English or something. So this was a uh, this was a challenge for me, just to go there and sit in front of the class. And I imagine that. Um, it's gonna be something like I was used to when I was in school but it's different because the children there are um, really shy mm -hmm. so you need to imagine that um, when I went inside the school I was the first white person they've ever mm -hmm. seen so they were afraid and running away from me and, um, and like hiding mm -hmm afraid to ask questions, afraid to talk, afraid to stand up, afraid to raise your hand. So I needed to find some ways, basically my research, how can I um, improve their engagement level. <laughs> and uh, I, I had to come up with like interesting techniques like singing in the class or like doing quizzes or like uh, I needed to buy biscuits and give them as a reward mm -hmm. if if they speak or if they answer my question. So it was um, it was a challenge, but after a while, after two or three weeks, maybe a month, they started uh, to interact more with me mm -hmm. because they got used to me. They um, they knew me. They were not afraid anymore. Also, the education system there is different. They are afraid of the teachers because they might scream at them or they might um, use different um, like non-orthodox ways of uh, making them shut up. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were afraid, basically. How did you communicate between each other? Did, did, so you went there to teach English, you know, and I, I, I suppose English was the language that... Uh, that you communicate. Yes, yes, well, 
they didn't knew much English when I went there. So I was teaching class 9, 10 and 7. And class 9 and 10, they knew some English, but class 7, not really. Mm -hmm. They never spoke English. They only heard it from the teacher. So communicating in English with them was basically impossible. Mm -hmm. So I needed to uh, translate everything into their language in Nepali and write the symbols on the whiteboard. And then also with the help of the English teacher from the school, he also translated some things. But I mean sign language and translation and basically intuition, like what 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 could I mean if I say something? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then the children just thought of something and it worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 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 really sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, and and you know you stayed there for four months, three right? And half. Three and a yeah. half months. Okay. Um, other than teaching, did did mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to I don't know look around, get to know yes, people? Yes, definitely. So I went to many places because I mean I had some some time to mm -hmm. travel as well, and I also went to the Annapurna base camp um, at the legs of the Annapurna mountains. Uh, I did the seven day trek, which was one of my best experiences of my life. And um, I also went to Kathmandu and many places around and other monasteries that, uh, that I was living in. Um, but I think the, the most shocking thing which I, which I saw was like how many nice people I've met during mm -hmm. these trips. I mean, everywhere, mm -hmm. everyone was helping me and everyone was giving, giving me a hand, even though if I was a, a complete stranger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and you've also started a fundraiser, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes. So, Tell us more about mm, that. Yes. Uh, so the monastery I was living in uh, was really, uh, was basically on the top of the top of a mountain inside the, inside the jungle. So uh, it was far from the city, it was a small monastery, not many uh, uh, donors or sponsors. So the, the children there didn't have anything. They were sleeping on uh, wooden beds with a blanket. They had no shoes to go to school with. They had only one set of clothes. Um, they were cold all the time. So I thought this is, this is not acceptable. So I started this fundraiser and GoFundMe to help them and we raised 1800 euros in in a week oh wow maybe less than a week and then we bought everything they needed like blankets um, pillows shoes hats gloves uh, socks so these basic uh, everything yes and they were really really happy mm -hmm. we really because they never got a present from anyone mm -hmm. uh, they they are orphans and mm -hmm. yeah that's that's they, what i was they, about to ask yeah they always know, take orphans. care of each other mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. there's no adult there who could take care of them they need to take care of each other mm -hmm. so so uh this place for the children wasn't just uh just the school they they lived there and then... yeah they lived in the monastery mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they they were getting the buddhist teachings to become monks 
but during the day they were also going to school to get the general teachings mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then after a while when they grow up they can choose their path mm -hmm. and now you're home now i'm home and you know looking back uh, on this this experience what are your thoughts in general are you happy that that you you yes. got to go through this experience what can you tell us yeah definitely a lot of things changed in me when i was there things were happening fast i was in like inside the loop i was i wasn't aware of uh, of many things because i was in it but now that i came home i can see it more clearly and i can really uh, say that i learned many things on a personal level mm -hmm. so I, for example, I really, I really appreciate everything. I think when I when I take a hot shower, I every time it I remind myself that there I took only cold showers and everyone is taking only cold showers. Or when I have a home with heating, mm -hmm. you know, no one has heating in their home. Or when you can just uh, call a cab, or you can hop mm -hmm. in your car. People don't have money for that. It's a different world where people are really poor, but they are happy, mm -hmm. and they have nothing. They have only the basic necessities. And as I see it here, I have everything, and most of the people have everything they need even like more than the necessities mm -hmm. we have many clothes we have hot water we have a car and i feel that i i couldn't appreciate these things before so now that i came back i i can really say that i appreciate every small thing mm -hmm. in my life not only uh, physical things but other things as well yeah i have to say that um, this is the aspect which which i find most intriguing and and which uh, encourages me as well you know i really like to to participate in uh, in a similar program event uh, to be able to to volunteer to help and to see something totally different that maybe we talk about quite often but 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 we cannot imagine it's it's simply completely different yeah um, so so let's say hypothetically would you go back definitely i think i will i will go back in the next two years mm -hmm. i really want to do other uh, other tracks there and uh, i also want to check the children mm -hmm. i was living with because we, we, we really bonded together mm -hmm. and we had a great time and they were really sad when I left and I was also really sad when I left and I just want to go there and I made some real friends mm -hmm. as well do you still keep in touch yes, with some people maybe mm -hmm. yes okay almost every day mm -hmm. with, with some people and I think why not go back if I have the opportunity mm -hmm. but but of course do other things visit other places but mostly i would go back to to see those people again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so i suppose you would encourage others as well yes. to participate in such well 
I definitely would would encourage people to go and volunteer. Yeah, it's not an easy decision though. It's a different world, and you need to keep in mind that there's you will lose all your comfort when you go there. Like mm-hmm. it's it's poverty. So if you if someone wants to go there, then they have to go with the minds with the right mindset, not with no expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you have many expectations, you're just gonna come back in a week. I, I yeah I, I suppose that is what gives it that this transformative mm. uh, aspect of, of, of the whole experience you know to to be able to see something that that is that you simply cannot expect even if you think about it you know okay poverty and and then cold showers it's really hard to explain what I've experienced that's the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so even if I say it it's not the same mm-hmm. as experiencing it and I cannot you cannot uh, explain um, an experience mm-hmm. you need to experience it so I would definitely encourage people because it gives you another perspective mm-hmm. on on everything on on your life because we here see one perspective and that's a different perspective it's the same when I moved out from Romania and I went to the Netherlands I got a second perspective and I thought wow which was already yes. different and, and now you know how and, much more and now it's it totally different so i think that this is what people need mm-hmm. to have more perspectives mm-hmm. on things and then those perspectives can help you make decisions and um, have opinions and be a bit more i don't know thoughtful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's say as a as a closing remark, what about the future? What what you know? You finished university. You've uh, uh, you volunteered for for almost four months, uh, and it's something you know something of value that you can use. But how do you continue your your career or your way? Well, that's a really good question. <laughs> I am I'm not sure. I know one thing that I want to do something meaningful. Mm-hmm. I want to. Um, I would like to uh, help other people with my work mm-hmm. or with my business or through some other business. I mean, I I don't know, mm-hmm. but I know one thing that I want my work to be mean to be meaningful and helpful to others, not just some something I do for a living. I see. I see. You know, you've said that you've always liked when you were able to help people. Yes. Uh, but would you say that this experience, these four months, reassured? That no, I I was sure. I I mean, it didn't reassure anything that way. I was sure before, mm-hmm. and I'm sure now as well. I just really felt in my zone there mm-hmm. i was completely free and comfortable doing that mm-hmm. so it, it felt natural and i like that so i would like to do something which feels natural as well okay that's where we will we will leave it Ad- adorian thank you very much thank you for for, for being well. here 
And uh, thank you as well for sticking around and for listening to Hipter Talks. And uh, hopefully we will uh, meet again soon. And I really hope that I'll be able to uh, bring you, the audience, uh, some more of these more special, let's say more, um, well, how should I put it, more colorful uh, topics. Maybe, maybe something that is not as uh, dry as, as, as the industry-related uh, subjects. But anyways, uh, find out uh, whether this, uh, this uh, comes to be true. So listen to us on all these podcast platforms and uh, hopefully see you next time. Thank you for joining. Be sure to check back next week for the next Hip to Talks and subscribe on Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, MixCloud and Pandora.